You're listening to The Rouge Report, brought to you by Young's Equipment, your Vaterstad headquarters. As this year's crop goes in the bin, it's never too early to plan for next year's seeding season. Vaterstad's seed hawk seeders are known for their ability to maximize the potential of your plant. Vaterstad, precise, reliable. Remember to go to youngs.ca to use the podcast code ROUGE, that's R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a rider's prize package. Welcome to The Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment. I'm Cody Fajardo. And I'm Isaac Harker. Follow along as we tackle CFL topics one point at a time. A Rough Rider podcast. Okay, so fans, we got the Rouge Report. John Chick former rookie of the year for the Rough Riders and also defensive player of the year in the CFL. It's a great interview, but before we uh, throw over to that, we're just going to have a quick little uh, banter just to get you guys warmed up for the episode. <laughs> I, I I don't know what I'm ready for here. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> you don't? Well, I mean, you just kind of got to give me an alley-oop and then we'll take it from there. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so uh, here's what Isaac proposed for the start of our episode. He, he, when he was 16 years old, he decided to write some comedy skits, and apparently he has 20 episodes written. And I asked him to pull his best episode, and we're going to read it live here on the air and see if you, the listener, would cast this on television or if this is uh, going right to the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Full disclosure, I was pulling up because we do some re- some R&D for all the guests and I was looking through. I saw the podcast one. I keep scrolling down. I'm like, OK, I've got some Google Docs here. Like I keep scrolling down. I scroll down to the bottom from when I was 16. This is nine years ago. Was, I writ- wrote it in 2011, these series of like quick little sketches for me and my friend. So we're just going to pull up one. We're going to read it. Uh, Cody's going to read it for the first time. Let's see if we can... Uh, get a laugh and get picked up by TBS. I will be playing Isaac's friend, Denny in this skit. And the I'll ep- be playing myself. <laughs> and the episode is called hors d'oeuvres. And I think I will be playing myself by actually disclosing this to the public. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's called hors d'oeuvres. Isaac and Denny Cody are having lunch somewhere. Hey man, can we get some hors d'oeuvres? Uh, yeah, man. Sure call. Really? I mean, sure. You said you were paying, right? Oh, I I thought it was my treat. You said it was your treat, didn't you? So it is my treat. I mean, yeah, if you're cool with it. Why wouldn't I be cool with it? Well, I don't know, because you're paying, I guess. Wait, I thought you were paying. Okay, I'm lost. Did you or did you not say, hey, Isaac, let's go out to eat. My treat. Yes, I did. My treat, as in, it's a treat for me when you pay for it. (laughs) That is not how that phrase works. Well, even if I wanted to, I uh, forgot my wallet. Okay, first off, it's pronounced hors d'oeuvres. Secondly, we're at McDonald's. They don't serve those. Third, I know for a fact you don't have a wallet. You normally carry loose change in a fanny pack. You got to read that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. (laughs) Cut cut to Denny's waist where there's a fanny pack. He quickly and self-consciously swings it behind his back and a loose change sound is made. Chest la vie. It's c'est la vie, and I guarantee you don't know what that means. Ha, such is life, man. 
Oh, so you do know. Know what? Wow, man, you're so annoying. And that's the first little 30-second sketch. Tell me what you guys think. Uh, I'm not in love. I'm not in love with it. I'm not tied to it. Um, I felt like that episode, what really made it was Denny, the, the actor who played Denny. I really feel that without <laughs> that because you were playing Denny, <laughs> without Denny's character, that it, that episode is null and void, and nobody's watching it. Well, that's the that's the point. I wrote it like for I wrote it to Aliyub Denny because my thought process when I was sixteen was I thought of one funny joke, and then I tried to base a whole like thirty second to a minute sketch off of it, and that I mean the the premise was him getting my treat confused and him butchering words. And I, I thought I, that was really funny. I do. I, I like that. Um, we were at a McDonald's. So that's a treat within itself, right? No question. No question. Fan, listeners, fans, uh, give us your take on this. I, if I'm rating this one to 10, okay, uh, let me rate individually. Okay. Isaac's performance. Two. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> My performance or the writing? Uh, your performance was a two. I did a, from what I had to work with, <laughs> I got a 10 out of 10 performance. Writing-wise, I'll give you a solid five. Like, the content's there. Um, wow. Denny's performance, top-notch. I don't think you're going to have him for more than two episodes before he's going to get poached by a bigger company. Here's um, the thing. The writing <laughs> makes the actor. The writing was 10 out of 10. Performance could have been better. We might, we might honestly look elsewhere to cast the role of Denny. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll be in touch we'll be in touch we have your number we'll be in touch <laughs> we might have to actually uh get denny to play denny right dude that would actually be so much fun he's he's way better at uh writing and comedy than me but he's, he's <laughs> okay excellent. so at this episode eight let's just talk dive into it a little bit this you yeah, think yeah. this is your number one episode um, it was really just one I randomly selected. I haven't really read through them all to choose out the the best one exactly. But when we were just talking about, um, like we'll be in touch and stuff, it reminds me of this podcast I've been listening to where this guy gets fired from band of brothers by Tom Hanks because he has dead eyes. <laughs> like he gets cast in the role. He goes all the way out to like the UK or wherever they were filming this. And then he gets there and they're like, well, you might have to read again for Tom Hanks. He reads again for Tom Hanks and gets fired because he has dead eyes. This is, wait, this is a true story? Yeah, it's a true story. Oh my God. It's, it's ruthless. Dude, it's absolutely, and it was like a small part. Okay, let's, I mean, let's talk about this. If you're getting casted into a role, what type of movie are you, are you going into? Action? I think I'm, I think I'm a Jason Bateman type. Like a comedy, dry humor comedy. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to be like the straight man, dry humor, dry humor, like little comedy role. Yeah. Um, what about I think, you? Well, well, first off, what do you think about that choice for me? I great choice. I think that's you for sure, and I think that's a great uh, comparison. Because because he's he's very <laughs> witty, he's smart, and he's funny. But you've got to get his sense of humor. I know you listen to his podcast, right? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that's great. yeah, and so I'm, I'm sure it's very relatable for you. For me, I'm either going slapstick comedy, just like kind of off the wall there, or an action movie. So you're like a hybrid Tom Cruise, Chris Farley type. You can do anything. You're like an Adam Sandler. You can go dramatic. I you can't can go sing. comedy. 
Uh, I would say maybe um, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. He's hot, yeah. dude. He's hot. <laughs> That's who plays uh, Deadpool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's Canadian. I do know that. And we just gotta we gotta preface that joke with um every time I mention Jimmy Garoppolo, you always go, He's hot. He's hot. <laughs> he's a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean you just basically declared your love for Ryan Reynolds on live. I mean, live he's funny, podcast. dude. Did you like Deadpool? I did. Uh some of the stuff is a little overboard for me. Um I'm like too bit... not family friendly, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, but some things were very funny. Uh, my dad was actually just talking about that movie. He watched it for the first time the other day, and uh, he, he said he enjoyed it and had a lot of laughs with it. So if it passed my dad's test, then. Well, let's talk about this. In Deadpool, the first movie, Regina Saskatchewan is dropped. That's why my dad called me. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And he called me. He's like, dude, I was watching this movie. He's like, I don't know what it's called. Some superhero in some red suit. And I'm like, what superhero in red suit? <laughs> the Flash. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, they uh, mentioned Regina, and I was like, what? And and then I'm like, oh, it's Deadpool. And, mm-hmm. so, and he just he loved that. He's like, I thought that was so cool. <laughs> and uh, our buddy Dakota Shepley played uh, played a villain in Deadpool too. There's just so many connections with the writers. So in Deadpool. many connections, yeah. And it was filmed uh, in Vancouver, I believe. Hmm. So I, I think I was in BC in the time it was either I was playing against BC or I was in BC. I can't remember exactly, but I remember walking by uh, the movie set screen on, on part of a uh, part of the movie downtown, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of sick. Vancouver films so many movies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that, but that uh, I think you might have a future in writing, acting, not so much, but. Uh, <laughs> We will see how this all plays out. You'll see, buddy. I'll be running this town. You'll never work in this town again. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be begging for a job, dude. Just let me be a stand-in. I'll just be a, a prop in the back. <laughs> You're going to be on the corner. Can I be an extra? I'll be like, get out of here, buddy. Get lost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Direct West is a proud sponsor of the Rouge Report. Are you a busy business owner needing help with your marketing? Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape? That's where Direct West comes in. Let them help with over 100 years of expertise at directwest.com. Welcome into the Rouge Report episode 22. We have a special guest, John Chick, with us. John Chick, how you doing during these crazy times? We're doing great, man. You know, it's uh, the, the world is what it is, but uh, my family... My life, we go as we go, uh, fairly unaffected. So it's uh, it, it is uh, a good good time, good day. I well, Price I noticed I, I noticed you use the word family, but I think you need to change that word out for like army because you have right. nine nine kids, right? Uh, my first question to you is: Are you and your wife done, or are you planning on having a couple more so you can field a, a full football team? I, I love that when, you know, people, especially when we're all first meeting, all that kind of stuff, that's always everyone's first question. It's like, really, the question is, are you going to have sex with your wife again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, good so point. Always open. 
great, great point. Yeah, because I know uh, you are obviously a very religious person. And so um, there's no thought of doing any sort of medical um, things, right? Of not having sex? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to you, man. That's, a, that's, that's yeah, something man. to definitely, Cody, definitely look forward to. Cody, you got to make your questions more clear. He's having to read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll come out. So uh, breaking yeah. news, John Chick will have sex in the coming days and years. So here we go. And what comes from that is possibility of life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And <laughs> next question. <laughs> so moving on to a little bit more football stuff. Uh, your first year in the CFL, you were with the Riders, and you won the Grey Cup. Talk a little bit about that season, um, kind of your expectations going into your first year in the CFL. And uh, and obviously winning a Grey Cup, were you like, man, that was easy? Or uh, you just kind of <laughs> got to get the secret recipe of how, how to win a Grey Cup and how to become a professional? Heck yeah, man. Uh was a naive rookie come in and, uh, you know, they had a first-year head coach. So I was drinking all the the Kool-Aid he was pouring. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> if, you, if you ain't believe you're going to win the Great Cup, why be here? That was the preach. It was believe, believe, yep. believe. And uh, so I drank it, and I don't know, you know, who in the room wouldn't, but they, they sure lived it as, as we did. And... You know, that was the story in a nutshell. I don't know if you want the whole explanation or of my memory of it. It was that was training camp. That was the the world was against us. You know, they had uh, the media. I don't think had any of us picked winning Grey Cup. You know, as a, on a broad scale, and we had an awesome tight knit room. You know, right. it was. And that's, that's, that's kind of got to be pretty awesome, you know, to kind of just shove it to all the haters, uh, who don't pick you. Right. Um, yeah. give me, give me one, just one memory that sticks out from that year, aside from obviously winning the great cup, like at what point in the season did you think like we have a chance to win the great cup? Was it in training camp? Was it, you know, after labor day? Uh, just, just tell me when you felt in that locker room that everybody started to believe. I don't remember a moment. I remember a feeling on the, the sideline. It was that you didn't know who was going to do it, but you just had, you knew someone was going to make the play. Yeah. And you didn't necessarily have this dumb naive that you're going to win every game, but that was it. Um, you, you knew someone was going to make the play. So I guess it was that I was going to make the play and you had that sense all across the board. So any one play, you know, I, I always remember my plays, you know, and that was the one that was like, Shh. but it was the belief factor that everyone knew it was going to do it. So, you know, pulling, you know, quarterback down by his, by his last hands or just, you know, yep. And yeah, I have a little more pointed question just cause it's fresh in my mind coming off my rookie year, but uh, during during my season, like it felt like everybody took me in really quickly, and we were kind of special in the way that we were really tight knit, and it felt like we were really going places from from the get go, just because everybody was so close. Is that kind of the vibe you were getting from your team? Do they do they just take you in really quick? I mean, you won most outstanding rookie for that year as well. Absolutely, that was that 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 was it. It was we don't care how we get there. 
I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember a star that just said no. It's it's riding or dying with that. You know, uh, Kerry Joseph was an outstanding leader. Um, you know, from that standpoint, so it took from you know top down, even in that sense. And but yeah, exactly. Couldn't say it better. Thanks. And um. After after that initial year, you're able to sign with the Colts, stay on their practice roster, and then after after that year, you moved on to the Jags, where you would play a lot over the course of two years. And I just was wondering the talent level in the CFL versus the NFL is that comparable? Is there a big difference? How how do you kind of feel about the difference? It's a different game to to an extent, right? I mean, the run game. You know, and it fluctuates, but is a, a much bigger factor in the NFL. So the, you know, the the meat in, there in the online and scrimmage is is to an extent different. Um, you know, or at least that's how they say it. I always believed that, you know, you had guys that can could translate both ways for sure, absolutely. Um, but there's there's that uh, core emphasis on the run game, therefore. You know, you you want a lot more meat up front. You know, um, that line of scrimmage is the biggest difference. Is that okay? You go from a yard here to right now, and hands on first. You know, uh, that that run game, uh, not as much lateral movement per se. You know, so that's the biggest difference. Outside of that. Um, and that's more their words than mine, because I I always had the mindset that I could be two fifty, I could be two forty, I could be two thirty, and whoop your ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You gotta Definitely, have that mentality yeah. though, right? As a defensive okay. lineman, every play, it's a I mean, it's a concussion waiting to happen. You're just banging heads every single place. And so when you ca- you came back to the CFL in 2013, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and so and then you signed with the you re-signed with the writers then. Um, so I, my my question is, uh, were you forced to signing with the writers in terms of because I know sometimes when guys opt out or go down to the NFL window, they have to re-sign with the team that they're with, or did you have an opportunity to sign with whoever you wanted? Yeah, it, I, I was complete free agent when I had signed. Got uh, it. And, and so, what was the decision behind uh, re-signing with the writers? <clears throat> you know, it was anxiousness you know i uh and that can be good or bad but uh i just was anxious and excited you know i was in a a situation in uh in 13 i had just come off uh an injury returned to a club uh here in jacksonville and you know uh kind of saw the writing on the wall had turned 30 and i had I could wait all day, you know, and, and that was kind of the deal. Meanwhile, I saw a club, I was being told on the phone, all that kind of stuff, hype. we got a, a club, we got a hosting a great cup in this deal. And here I am on a, I wasn't resigned by my club here. And I've been there plenty of times waiting that game. Why do yeah. I want to wait for it? now? Mm-hmm. Uh, most people would just say, Hey, but, uh, we'll rate that because you got the chance and, you know, you can play hindsight financially all your life. Uh, I have a different King, 
than most. That's a, I had a an opportunity. I had an opportunity to go play a game I loved in a place I loved playing where I had success in the in the previous where uh, I had a great community that supported me, a great faith base uh, that supported me that my family absolutely loved. And that was it. Uh, were there opportunities? Yeah, you play that game. Heck yeah, I got my agents to to play that game so I could get the the you know the most. But it it wasn't much to for for us to get there and and go play football where we love playing football. And, and the Ryder fans, I know why they love you. Obviously, you're a sack machine. But really, your first year, 2007, you win a Great Cup. You resigned back with the Riders in 2013 and win another Great Cup. So man. You were kind of the secret sauce, secret recipe to the writers winning a great <laughs> the, cup, right? The man in the world. <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking we need to extend a little contract offer next year. Yeah, yes. get him on the, get him on the <laughs> roster so we can get that great cup win. That's a, that's, I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers here. That's a guaranteed win, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent chance, yeah. baby. So I, talk I, to I me. Yeah. To see that, but uh, you know, it didn't always work. Well, yeah, talk to me about the difference in 2007 Grey Cup to 2013 Grey Cup. Obviously, each Grey Cup has their own uniqueness to yeah. it. Um, but uh, your second time winning a Grey Cup, were you able to enjoy it a little bit more uh, not being a rookie? Or was it kind of like, hey, this is the expectation. I already have one. I knew that this was coming. Um, it was such a different perspective from a, a rookie to that expectation. So now there was expectation um, and a great core of leadership that had been there that first time, which was awesome. Uh, so I don't feel like, you know, I got to enjoy it from a different perspective. More, uh, man, there is nothing like innocence as a rookie, right? <laughs> Just like a child and his innocence. Uh, innocence of a rookie and going and doing that, uh, that's hard to ever replace that feeling of innocence. Whereas from the other side, you do know more, you, you experience more, and uh, you there's more expected of you. So both were equally joyful, fruitful, uh, joyous, I guess, you know, will go down in history. Uh, hard to beat that one of innocence, I guess, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as a quarterback, a lot, sometimes receivers, some, some are easier to throw to than others, or you have better chemistry. And I was wondering from a defensive line perspective, uh, playing with so many different guys over the course of your career, do some guys make it easier for you to, uh, to work on guys or is, is there, is there much like camaraderie there to where some guys make it easier to play and get sacks than others? Yes. You're talking as far as the opponent, uh, no, or, no, your teammates, like if, if there's any defensive linemen who, when they're on the line at the same time as you are, help free you up or they're easier to play with than others. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, and again, always been fortunate there. Um, but yes, in, in especially both those years had guys that, uh, man, that chemistry is very important. And uh, when, when you can demand uh, that, hey, so they're double teaming someone else. That means someone else is getting home. Uh, it makes it a long, hard day for an offensive front and, and always had guys like that, uh, especially in those years around me, you know, so that was 
was definitely the, the icing on the cake and and what helps you know the um big time and, and kind of to go to a little bit of a, a, I, I mean, I would assume a surprising news in 2016 when the writers did release you, was there writing on the wall or was that kind of surprising uh, to you personally? Um, been around in, in the, the game long enough that nothing surprised me. You know, I saw we won a great cup in 07 and I saw Kerry Joseph, same treatment, you know, so th those kind of things, uh, I, I never believed uh, that it wouldn't happen for me, I guess, mm -hmm. um, at some point. I hope, you know, just like my election here. I hope Yeah. <laughs> you, you do know people. You know how things work, and it didn't always work how you hope. Uh, so from that standpoint, no, not surprised. Um, uh, no writing on the wall or anything, I guess, per se. Uh, just not, not, what uh, wasn't. Side swiped, and I had a, a awesome agent who we we were prepared for that. Yeah. Well, yes. and, that, and that's it's always good to have an agent like that in your corner where you don't have to be the bad guy. But you end up signing with Hamilton. Um, two part question here. The first one: Did you sign with Hamilton because Ken Austin was the head coach over there, and uh, did you have any other interests that were intriguing to you, or you're like, I'm going to roll with my guy, uh, Kent Austin? I uh, did have other interests that were intriguing, uh, but, uh, you know, in the end, uh, you know, that was our, I guess, loyalty, you know, is that that was a place where I knew a person, I knew a thing, and I knew uh, a, a lot about that thing. And, you know, so that was Ken Austin that was watching, uh, you know, I always had kind of had this respect to uh, Hamilton as the the uh, writers of the East, I guess, is kind of what my perception. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was like, man, they, the lunch pail hat type of people, that's my kind of people. And uh, and so, yeah, not that. And then knew a, a couple guys in the locker room. So it uh, it made sense. And in that first year with Hamilton, you, you had a career high 40 tackles. You had an astounding number of sacks, 14 of them. Was was there a chip on your shoulder after after getting released and and having to come up with a new team, or was it just business as usual? I always have a chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> have <laughs> to, right? When you play professional football, yeah. you have to. You have to. So, um, yeah, you know, and especially when you got to go against the green, uh, you know, was there antenna, all that kind of stuff. But I always feel like I got that chip on my shoulder, man. Uh, yeah. So yes and no. Well, there's still some uh, John Chick jerseys out in the stadium, Mosaic Stadium. So I just want you to know you're you're uh, well loved over there for sure. Um, another question I got is you got traded in Edmonton or to Edmonton, sorry, in 2017. Uh, we've talked with many uh, guests on this show about the difference between being traded versus being cut versus being a free agent, and you've had the opportunity to be all part of all three. Um, just kind of oh, yeah. take take me through, uh, you know. The whirlwind of emotions, I guess the roller coaster you go on between all three of those. Uh, you know, again, I got uh, one side swiped per se. Um, I and, and again had had wise agents that you know says you know when you when this is going that that way or in this way, uh, 
what what do they do and where you know kind of depends on where they're financially invested and and or need need clearance and uh so what a hundred percent at the same rate um you know that that was going from zero i can't remember if we had zero wins or one win or whatever it was to to a flip so from a football side it was awesome and it was and it was a, a great you know if you had to do it and uh, a club needs to free up space a uh, great place to end up was edmonton a uh, great you know very professional run organization great people um all across the board so that was a blessing in you know from a standpoint if it needed to happen need to happen uh very difficult you know at any time when you when you have an expectation or a hope from where you are uh you have you know friends uh cohesiveness all that kind of stuff uh to change that's always hard uh but the, you know at the end of the day especially my position that cody manny quarterbacks it it's a whole different thing I mean, I get to just go hunt, man. <laughs> so, so that, so that was hard, and uh, you know, or uh, uh, that transition is not near as as difficult. Um, you know, I can pick up a few X's and O's. Other than that, you know, especially at at that level, you know, you get traded younger, more difficult. Yeah, uh, the biggest, the most difficulty was, you know, a family, a wife, and kids who who are are situated and in school and love where they're at uh but at the end of the day they know kind of that that or or, or i guess we're more you know familiar and you got to uh, buy or, you know nine more jerseys for a, a new ball club for, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that could get pretty pricey right <laughs> yeah yeah but at the same time already i mean we ask about memories and they have such memories so that's a great thing about bringing your family with this is they have so many awesome memories yeah. and experiences that now dad sits at home with his butt all day <laughs> and we haven't moved in, in two years and they're like you can tell you know what are we doing say, hey man we stopped for 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 you guys and for this opportunity and they they thrive in that you uh -huh. know so uh, I don't uh, for a second have any wishes or regrets that, man, I wish I'd have, it was the experience that made them who they are. It has been a blessing. So, Cody, start having them 14 kids, man. Hey, I'm trying <laughs> over here. You know me. I'm, I'm a Catholic, John, and we, we let yeah. it go, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't wait, man, because they thrive in it, and it builds them. Oh my gosh, it's awesome! And that was and one thing I, I I talked to about to with my wife about is I want our kids to know, hey, my dad did something. He was a professional football player. I don't want him to be here when I'm retired, sitting on the couch like dad never does anything, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I want them to have those great memories of bringing them on the field and winning a great cup. And you know, I've seen pictures of of guys putting their kid in the great cup and like. Uh, that's oh, just yeah. you know those memories that you want to have with your kid while you play uh, professional football because at any given day it can be taken from you and you know that best um, and so it's pretty a uh, pretty crazy sport we cho chose to play. Yep, yep, and uh, uh, you know I have been aching and and uh, and trying to put myself and imagine man if that had happened and 
uh, blessing that you guys uh, can hold it out. And, and I, I have no idea how they're uh, taking care of their players. Uh, praying for you, though, and uh, and uh, just keep hoping because it is a, a, a lifetime experience that not everyone gets to have. And uh, hope uh, hope you guys get to keep having it up there because, man, you're in a great place to do it, Cody. Yeah, man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to dive into into this a little bit because I know you do a lot of work with uh, charities related to it and everything. Playing football with type 1 diabetes, uh, what are some of the struggles that maybe the common fan or opposing players don't know? And uh, talk a little bit about the work you do with it. Well, yeah, it's never about me. So every day for a type 1 diabetic is about survival. Mm-hmm. That's why I love football, you know, is uh, – it's a it's a way you get to do that. So football or not, that's that's it. You know, you, you get on a routine and you can you can do it, but you've got to do X, Y, and Z to do that. And uh, that's why I love if you know if I can inspire uh, kids with diabetes to go about any of their dream is they have an advantage over everyone because there's a lot of people that don't have that everyday fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's awesome um, and hard and, and, and difficult, but you know, that's life, man. That's life. And uh, for, for, I guess, as diabetics, uh, you kind of have that wake up call and that is just one. And that's my, I guess, my inspiration to the diabetics or, and to all out there is we all have that. Uh, that's a blessing in disguise that you, you get to, experienced every day and it just gives you that edge on the world that that kind of wants a hand it to them sometimes uh so thank god and um it is one of a million things out there that people deal with and and suffer with so never never about this guy here yeah i mean that's a true inspiration story uh to be honest and uh we, uh, we want to transfer into our last segment here. It's called the uh, two-minute drill, okay? So basically what, how we're going to do this, I, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast, but uh, we ask you questions. We, we let the clock run for two minutes and see how many questions you can get through. Our current leaderboard looks like this. Bobby Jurison with 23, uh, Rob Bag and Foley tied at 22. Uh, doubles oh, and like twos three, at dude. 21. Well, here's the thing. Ricky Ray is the guy to beat. He's got nine, okay? We believe that okay. you can get more than nine. He spent like a minute on one question. We're like, Ricky, let's get these things rolling. So, <laughs> Okay. Gosh dang it, man. You know that for the first part of my career, we were taught to lead with the head, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're going to get a great uh, segment here with some great answers. Some of them are going to be, uh, you know, this or that. Some of them will be more uh, questions about you. But I will, uh, the way we're going to do it is I'll ask the first 10 questions. Then Isaac will come in and ask the next 10 until the two minutes is up. Um, and I won't start the clock until the first question is, uh, is read. Are you ready for this here, John Chick? Yes. All right, here we go. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark. What's your favorite day of the week? Sunday. Would you rather go to the lake or the beach? Lake. If you could play any other sport other than football, what would it be? Basketball. What's your favorite leisure activity? Playing games. With nine kids around the house, what's the hardest part? Sanity. 
Favorite breakfast to make? Eggs. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite Canadian city to visit? Oh, that one's hard. Ottawa. Best flavor of chips? Potato. Athlete you looked up to most growing up? John Elway. Favorite sports team growing up? Denver Broncos. Uh, favorite subject in school? PE. Uh, sum up growing up in Wyoming in one sentence. Man up. <laughs> favorite video game of all time? NCAA. Uh, number one Thanksgiving dish? Turkey. Uh, name one viral YouTube video. Countdown to the kingdom. Uh, dog or cat? Dog. If you could be famous for something other than football, what would you choose? My faith. Uh, best kind of cuisine, like American, Mexican, Chinese? Mexican. One tip for quarantine living. Pray. Dang. John, you got 21 of them things. Let's the go. Nice. Scared me with favorite Canadian city. That one got you hung <laughs> up a tiny bit. Oh, but. man, there's a lot of cities I love to visit. Jeez. Yeah, that's true. Hey, you're tied with uh, doubles and fan twos at 21. Um, so we kind of go back and kind of talk about, uh, talk through it. Um, let's see. B uh, ba a basketball, huh? You got a jumper oh, yeah. or you, are you in the paint just uh, making it wrecking havoc? I'm a man. I'm a hustler. I like, you know, I, I like, I like defense. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like it all. I love basketball, man. It is, it's fun competition. And I haven't got to play now since all this stuff. So it's, yeah. That's um, a bent up guy, man. I didn't get in the post. <laughs> uh, favorite breakfast to make? You said eggs. How many eggs does your household go through in one week? I'm just curious you know, on that. Oh, definitely a couple dozen. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, best flavor of chips? Potato? Straight potato. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, okay, so I mean, I love all kinds, right? But to, to have every, like, that's what I think of is if I get this every day, I can have a potato and I can dip it in anything. And <laughs> everything else is kind of gets old and you can get, like, you, you can get tired of that flavor. True, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You're using it's it more easy. as a vehicle to get dip than the flavor <laughs> of the chip itself. Yeah. Um, uh, John Elway, growing up, did you play quarterback in uh, like Pop Warner or All American or? or yep. Yeah, I did. And you, were, you were slinging that thing or what, John? Huh? Um, <laughs> I could. I miss you. I never had any any coaching. You know, I was done <laughs> for a while and needed a you know athlete. Uh, so I got to got to do that. Um, but yeah, you know, I, just I don't know when I got baby. into to defense, it just kind of fell into it. And, uh, I think I had more fun hitting the quarterback than, than throwing the play. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite answers of all time is your summing up of growing up in Wyoming, man up. I love that right <laughs> there. That's just, 
Seems so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Thanksgiving dish, turkey, that was uh, pretty easy. What about side dish? Take the turkey out of it. What are you going with? It would probably, I mean, oh, my gosh. There's, there's so many like, to choose uh, from, I know. Yeah, there's a green bean casserole. There Ooh. is. Yeah. Stuffing. You know, I'm a stuffing guy. Yeah. That, that, that's it. I love the stuffing. I love uh, a uh, sweet potato dish, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then... I can't have no pumpkin pie or I can't have no, uh, you know, pecan pie. I can't go without that on those days. So mm -hmm. I, so just go with, we just don't do turkey enough. And so, you know, oh man, that's hard. That's true. Yeah. Well, John, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. I know our listeners are going to absolutely love this, uh, this episode. And like I said, man, you're still represented in Mosaic Stadium. So you left a lasting impression and an inspiration to not only us, but uh, a lot of kids uh, around the, uh, the U.S. and Canada to live out their dreams. So we appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing uh, some great stories with us. Awesome, man. Keep doing your thing up there. Uh, privilege to be on. Thanks, you guys. Yep, you're on the leaderboard now for the two-minute drill. So now oh, uh, yeah, baby. put some pressure on some of these other guys. Heck, yeah. Sweet, <laughs> man. God bless you guys. Yep. Thank you. you. Okay. Well, viewers, remember, give us your feedback. We love to hear it. And also remember to like and subscribe and do all that good stuff if you want to do it. But also, we're going to be teasing. We're doing a little finale next week, Cody. Yeah, the Grey Cup, uh, we thought it was a good time to send out the finale of uh, our first season as the Rouge Report. Don't worry, we are not getting canceled. We are just delaying, <laughs> we are delaying until next year. Um, surprisingly, we got picked up for a possible second season. So, uh, really, last episode, we might have spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah, we still have one episode to go. But uh, the finale, we're looking forward to having fans um, video in some questions for us. And uh, I think it'll be a fun way to interact with some fans more on a personal level as opposed to just a tweet here. And we mention them on the podcast. So we're really looking forward to that episode and just kind of bring some excitement to what would be uh, the Grey Cup. And so I, I think it. I think it's going to get very cold next week too, in uh, in Regina. So that's a little a little scary if we had a Grey Cup at home, mm -hmm. uh, and it was dumping ten to. I think it's supposed to be ten to twenty inches of snow, which is brutal. yeah, perfect time to get a get bundled up, get yourself a hot chocolate, tune into the Rouge Report, and maybe you'll see yourself on there with a little question. So make sure to call in. <laughs> Who are you? Hot chocolate? How did you not say coffee? <laughs> I mean, I feel like hot chocolate's a little more relatable. I'm trying to relate. Out of all the hosts on this show, you've changed the most by episode wow. two. <laughs> You're right. I'm I'm really getting I'm really hitting my stride, huh? <laughs> yeah. We hope that uh, Isaac doesn't get poached by another podcast, and I, I don't have to do this by myself because I'll be on the Joe Rogan fun. Experience next Monday. Make sure you tune in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys. We appreciate you as always and look forward to our season finale. Love you. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment, a Rough Rider podcast. The Rouge Report is brought to you by Young's Equipment, your case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Young's is home to a wide selection of new and used case IH combines to meet your needs for any size farm. Their experienced technicians and wide selection of parts will keep you running all season. Go to youngs.ca and use the podcast code ROUGE, R-O-U-G-E, 
for your chance to win a writer's prize package.